Hey Amazon selling enthusiast, it's Eric here. And if you're tired of the inventory management struggle, I've got a game changer for you. InventoryLab.com InventoryLab simplifies e-commerce. Inventory management integrates seamlessly with Amazon and even syncs effortlessly with QuickBooks for hassle-free accounting. Go to FoxCitiesMM.com slash IL now because your success deserves efficient inventory management. Happy selling. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric Walterkins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And Gavin, what kind <laughs> of topic do you got for us today? You know what I've got. <laughs> I, I want to make like a really cool sound, but I'm I'm just not that skilled. So okay, I, I'm not a good host. All right, post production. <laughs> Insert cool, cool sound. sound. Yeah, um, we want that. We want that X file sound. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, put some X files music in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is the UFO episode, and I believe you said this one happens in Appleton. It correct? does. It's an Appleton story. So uh, what I've got here is. Right now, I've got 10 pages of notes. I'm not going through 10 pages of notes. And I have more to go. This story has actually turned out to be way more interesting than I expected. So before I even get into it, I want to kind of give a very short background. My day job is as a researcher and local historian for a library in the Appleton area. And I had a person email me requesting any information I had about UFO sightings, uh, which I've been there a few years now. And that was the first time I've received that request. I get questions about ghosts fairly frequently, but UFOs, that was a new one. And I was like, huh, you know, no one's asked me that. <laughs> uh, so I did a little looking and I wasn't really able to find exactly what they wanted. But in the process, I found instead that there used to be a place in Appleton called the UFO Education Center. Really? Yes. Do you, do you have a location of the UFO Education Center? Uh, I do. I can tell you it's on Coolidge Avenue. I don't know. I know Coolidge Avenue. Isn't that right around here? I don't know. Well, somewhere around here. It's kind <laughs> I guess of, we are it's in by, Appleton. <laughs> it's, by, it's by the Reed Municipal Golf Course. Oh, okay. So not, not anywhere near here. Okay. On the complete other side of the town. Okay. <laughs> I have the exact address, but what, it, whatever. It's kind of by the golf course. Uh, anyway, so we're, we're going to tell the story. There is no murder in this episode. There is very little mayhem, but it is an interesting it's story. story. <laughs> it's a story of a woman named Charlotte Blobe. I thought her name was Charlotte Blob because it actually is B-L-O-B, but I guess it's pronounced Blob, uh, which is too bad because a space alien woman named Blob I thought was way cooler. And did you say when this was when this is taking place? Uh, I will say when this okay. is taking place. Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. It's a good question because I do I do forget that a lot. <laughs> so there is originally a guy named George Adimsky, and he's a UFO researcher in the 1950s. And apparently he's quite famous okay. if you're into the UFO thing. Um, and he said he's out in the Mojave Desert and a spaceship comes down 
But an alien comes out, and the alien's name is Orthon. And Orthon looks like a Norwegian man with long blonde hair, very tan skin, with reddish-brown shoes. However, his trousers did not look like human trousers. (laughs) So... He talked he talked to this alien who explained that he was from Venus um, and then took him to an interplanetary convention on Saturn where he met other aliens. Uh, and then when he came back, he got to this George Adimsky guy, got to have a private meeting with John F. Kennedy and the Pope where they talked about this alien encounter. Uh, most of this is probably not true, but this is this is his story. Uh this sounds very not true. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't pass judgment, but... <laughs> yeah, and I want to be very clear up front. I I have no strong opinion one way or the other on aliens and UFOs. But <laughs> this group we're going to talk about today, I think, is nuts. So- I, and I will say that, that I hear things from time to time with UFOs that I think are compelling arguments. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, like, man, kind of makes you think. But right off the bat, here this story is just starting off way too right. nuts for me. Right. You know. But I want to be clear about that. Just because I'm probably going to joke about <laughs> some of this stuff today, um, I don't mean that in any way against people who believe in aliens and UFOs. Um, it's specifically this group is very <laughs> strange. Well, anyway, so there's this guy, and although I think this sounds crazy. Apparently, a number of people are fascinated. They think that he's the real deal, and he gets a number of followers. And one of those followers is Charlotte Blobe from Appleton. So she starts following him, but he dies about a year after they meet. So she does what any real good follower would do, and she starts her own group. Okay. So he's, he's out in California, but she's from Appleton, so she comes back to Appleton. She sets up her own group called the UFO Education Center. She gets other people there to work with her. Um, there's like three people from Clintonville to come live in the in the place with her. This is just a house, by the way. This okay. education center is just a house. But apparently at any given time, there's like 10 people living in this place. So she goes around and she lectures about UFOs and travels around the state nationally, even internationally. She's in Denmark at one point. And talking about all these different things. She's got another guy from Appleton who joins her, whose name is Thomas Hyman or Heeman, I'm not sure, who also talks about things, but he also plays the guitar. So in between, like she's talking about one thing, then she'll stop and he'll take out his guitar and he'd play his hit songs, (laughs) including Silver Ships from Heaven. (laughs) So keep people entertained with their UFO songs. And she said that she has met with the aliens that, that had met with the other guy. And they told her that the thing they really have to watch out for is nuclear power. They said nuclear power is bad. Don't, not just the bombs. Don't even use the nuclear power at all. Because what it's going to do is it's going to affect the Earth's axis and the Earth is going to start spinning in a funny way. Okay. Um, pretty sure that's not accurate. Not a scientist, but pretty sure that's not how that works. So she's growing this group. She's traveling around. She's getting very popular. She has a lot of followers. She also has this strange habit of marrying people. Sometimes she divorces them. Sometimes she doesn't. 
but then she just gets married again. She get, keeps getting remarried, and as she gets older, the guys she marries stay the same age. They're usually about 24, 25. And apparently this is a tactic she uses to recruit new members, is she'll, she'll like, uh, pick up guys <laughs> at nightclubs, and then, like, I, apparently she's very good looking, so... She'll be like, ooh, come back to the UFO center. <laughs> and then, you know, once they're married, then they're part of the group. So so the whole group is just like her ex-husbands? There room. are a few of those, <laughs> yes. So, you know, they're going around. And some of this, they're they're making good headlines. People think that they're pretty pretty interesting. Some people think they're crazy. But either way, they're making good headlines. Because just quoting some of the stuff they say makes for interesting newspapers. They get a very special mention in the local news in 1976. 1976, Jimmy Carter is running for president, and he stops in Appleton. And while in Appleton, the UFO Education Center people go to where you know Jimmy Carter's campaigning, and they ask him how he feels about UFOs. <laughs> so this is on the news, and Jimmy Carter says, I don't know what to make of it. However, some of the sightings have been witnessed by 20 to 25 people, law enforcement officers, and everyone in the cockpit of a major airline, and so forth. But I can't tell you what to make of it. If I knew, I'd be the only one in the world who does. But yes, I would make these kinds of data available to the public. As president, I would make this available to the public to help resolve the mystery about it. So they get him to promise on the evening news that when he becomes president, he's going to release all the information the government has on UFOs. Um, Which he obviously does not. Which either it doesn't have any or he's a liar because he didn't do <laughs> no, it. Yeah. But this gets them a lot of uh, a lot more power. Like Jimmy Carter doesn't know who these guys are. But now when they're going around, they're talking. They're like, we had a meeting with Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. Carter. He <laughs> said he's going to release all this stuff. So – now, you know, in the UFO community, they're very, very popular. But So I'm, I'm assuming on a national level, this, this little organization out of Appleton got very big. I mean... It, it did get big. It grew where they had a second center in California, down in the San Diego area, and a third center in Mexico. Wow. So I don't know how they funded any of this, but they, they did... Actually, grow pretty good. They had a newsletter they sent out to people. It was, but I would imagine, like, if they were traveling, if she was traveling around doing speeches all over the country, mm -hmm. I bet you you'd get paid pretty well to do that. It's possible, you know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm assuming they have like UFO conventions or something that people pay to go to. Yeah, I probably. So it's it's hard to say. It's funny, like, we're looking into this. The early articles, every time they say UFO education center. The newspaper would have to explain what a UFO was. <laughs> like, like now I say I don't have to tell you. Like, UFO is an unidentified <laughs> flying object, but the newspaper would say that. Like, this was not a term that everybody knew yet. So it's kind of neat that, like, now it's like, yeah, of course, UFOs. But at that time, like having a name with UFO in it, not everybody knew what that meant. At the end of the 1970s, they end up getting in some trouble. Okay. So there's a married couple out of Keele, Wisconsin. For those who don't know where Keele is, it's, I don't know, 30 miles southeast of Appleton, something like that. You're, you're asking the wrong guy, man. Okay. I, 
I just I know how to put it in the GPS and go to it. Well, it's south, <laughs> southeast of Appleton. It's one county over, so it's not that far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a couple, and they go to one of the meetings that the UFO Education Center has, and the husband's like, this is kind of crappy. <laughs> like, 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 this, like, what is this? This is nonsense. But the wife is like, yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So she leaves her husband. They don't get divorced, but she leaves and she goes and she's living in the house. And so the husband is like not very happy about this, as you might expect. So he goes back and he talks to her brother and her parents and they try to get her to leave the UFO education center and she won't. She doesn't want to leave the building. So they devise a plan where they show up there in the middle of the night. They get a big metal pole. They bust in the door and they drag her out and and they bring her to a cottage up at Little Swamico, which is just above Green Bay. And they hold her there until she's like, until she says she's not going to go back. Well, she agrees that she's not going to go back. And then she goes back. Immediately. (laughs) And not only does she go back, but then she calls the cops and claims that she was kidnapped because Mm -hmm. she didn't want to be taken out of there and brought to Green Bay. So the police are like, well, technically, yeah, that was a kidnap. (laughs) Well, I don't know that the charges actually went anywhere, but the family gets her out a second time and they bring her to a guy known as Ted Patrick, who was what they called a deprogrammer. Okay. And his job was to, like, convince people who were in cults to not be in cults anymore. And he was very controversial. He would he would get arrested a lot because he would actively go around and kidnap people uh, who were in cults and then put them in a secluded area and wouldn't let them leave until they were out of the cult. He was controversial. But they got him involved. Um, and this time it worked. Oh, so she, she left the UFO yeah, center. Yeah, they 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 put her in a room with him for four days. And after four days, he convinced her not to be in a cult anymore uh, because he was convinced that the UFO thing was a cult. And then she not only left the group, but apparently she was so convinced that she started traveling around the country with the, with the deprogrammer, the Ted Patrick guy, and would go on talk shows and talk about how not to fall for this stuff. Wow. Yeah. So did does this and is this the point where this UFO education center dissolves? Or? It more or less falls apart. So it, that was the last big headline they got. This is 1977 and they seemed to fall apart in 1981 because when George Ademski, the original UFO guy, when he died, his followers all kind of had different opinions about how to use his research and I guess, I don't know the details of this, but I guess some of the other groups thought that this group, the Appleton group, was nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, not that the original guy wasn't nuts, but they thought that she was even more nuts. Mm-hmm. So they basically sued her and said that she couldn't use his name or any of his research or any of that. And they succeeded. So I don't know exactly what happened, but at that point, she couldn't go around claiming to be like the successor to the previous guy's organization. And that kind of seems to have been the end of it. 
So this original guy, this George, I'm saying Ademski. I'm not sure exactly how you say it, but that's so. Like when they were when this Appleton Education Center, UFO Education Center, opened up the thing in California. Yeah, he had nothing to do with that. He, he was, was already dead at that point. Oh, he was already dead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when did he die? Did you say that? Uh, sixty-three. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, somewhere like that. She didn't start her own group until he died. Oh, okay. Yeah. So why did it take everybody else so long to sue him? Uh, sure. uh, I don't know. You know, they just and so. Oh, probably because of all the. I bet you this this whole deprogramming thing and stuff like that got a lot of no, notice in the industry, and they were like, "Yeah, we we need to put an end to this because." Yeah, it could I, be. And I mean, this is just opinion, but it does sound like. There are a lot of attributes of what you describe this as mm. to be very similar to a cult. The fact that yeah. they're all living in in a house together and, and just stuff like that. It, it's got a lot of cult like features right. to it. Right. And I have and I have a thing. I haven't really gone through it in detail yet. Like I said, I got a lot of stuff. And um, there's uh, a lady who only identifies herself as Mary. She won't give her full name. But she responded to a blog post about this group, and it was a very long response. And apparently she had been in the group, in the Appleton group, and she talks about the things that she saw while she was there. And she had been there for a few years, and yeah, she's like, this is absolutely a cult. She goes, the the Charlotte Blobe, the lady who ran it, was like completely crazy and was threatening. She could be violent at times. Uh, very charismatic, but, you know, also vi- very violent, um, you know. And I don't know if that was her intention to create a cult, but that's basically it what it turned happen. into. But, yeah, again, like, this is not in any way to say that anybody out there who Believe. believes in aliens and UFOs. I mean, there's a lot of good good evidence for aliens and UFOs. I don't happen to think there's guys who look like Norwegians who live on <laughs> Venus, but, you know, that's whatever. That is a crazy story. And can you talk about, like, when you first discovered this, where you just like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this happened right in my backyard. You know, like, I mean. No, that is how I felt. Like, that is so crazy. That is how I felt. And it's funny because my grandmother, who uh, is still with us, thankfully, uh, she doesn't exactly live in the same area as this, but not too far away. I mean, you know, within, probably within a mile. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I bet she heard about this stuff. <laughs> I even asked her personally, but I'm like, this is kind of that neighborhood. Yeah. When, so it started in 63 or roughly. Well, the guy died in 63, 63 so. and yeah, shortly thereafter. And it. Theoretically, ran until eighty one. I'm saying eighty one. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But I mean, probably I it think might have maybe a few more years, but it definitely petered out at that point. Point. But it like seventy seven is when it was kind of on its downfall, is what you would say. Because yeah, you say something happening. Or seventy seven is when seventy seven is the the kidnapping and breaking, breaking in and all that. I mean that. I'm surprised it ain't the city didn't do something to shut it down at that point in time. You know? Well. So, okay, well, that's another, since you asked. (laughs) So once upon a time, uh, there was a district attorney in Appleton named David Prosser. 
This name sounds familiar. It should sound familiar because (laughs) David Prosser, who was a district attorney in Appleton, later became a judge in Appleton and then later became a Supreme Court judge in Wisconsin. Okay. Not in the U.S., but in Wisconsin. So um, he got to be very big, and I believe he passed just in the last year or two. Maybe that's how I know his name. But, But, yeah, he basically, I don't think they did it, but he was basically saying that they should start an investigation and to try to figure out what this place is because it's one thing to have a group of nutty people living in a house. Like that's not really the government's business, but when people are start getting kidnapped and everything else, then it's like, okay, maybe you're a nuisance at this point. That is crazy. So they definitely, they talked about it, but I don't know that they ever actually did did anything. anything. Well, and I, I'm sure that it's, it's, Muddy waters because mm. it is still. I mean, that is kind of your right, even though I mean, if even if it's right. becoming a n- nuisance, so you know, it's kind of a really you're walking a fine line, it, and it is a fine line because I don't know if there's a crime called like brainwashing. Like I'm not aware of there that, being any crime yeah. like that. So yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing illegal about living in a house with a bunch of people and believing goofy things. Like that's. And that happens. And technically, I mean, yes, somebody was kidnapped out of their house, that house twice, but it wasn't them kidnapping them. I mean, so no, that really, was the, the family got in yeah, trouble for that. The, yeah. the UFO center didn't get in trouble for so, that. So, yeah, I mean, really, in theory, you think about it, they didn't do anything wrong. Right. That we know of. Right. I mean, so, wow. What an interesting story. Yeah. Like I said, I think there's, there's actually a whole lot more here that, you know, I, I haven't really gotten to because honestly, I didn't expect there to be this much. So, so I mean, if I wanted to research more, I could probably find more things. But, well, let's, why don't you, I would say research it. And if there's another episode, we bring back this episode too. Bring it back for in a future episode. Sure, so we could. Yeah. If there's something more to tell about it. Yeah. We yeah. could do that. Because, I mean, to me, this is just a crazy story. And it, I mean, yeah, it really doesn't fit the Fox City's murder and mayhem no. like thing. But it is definitely a story that needs to be told. And I think that anybody that's listening to this podcast is going to find this story I agree. extremely interesting. I agree. It's a little bit off of our brand here. But uh, definitely a local history story that I, mean, I anybody who grew up in Appleton in the 70s has probably heard of this. Um, but that's that's before my time, so it's completely new to me. And I, I am now going to start asking people to see if they remember this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's crazy. Um, which actually, something you said at the beginning of the podcast brings up another question. Okay. Of, and we will put this out to the listeners, and we will wait for for this episode to drop before we ever do anything with it. Okay. But you mentioned ghost stories. Yeah, I did. Is there a have you stumbled upon a ghost story that is there's enough to it that it would be worth doing an episode for? Off the top of my head, no. Okay. Uh, typically what happens in that situation is somebody emails me or comes to see me and they say, we heard this building is haunted or we heard this house was haunted. And then I help them uh, figure out the history of the building and find out who, if anybody, has died in that residence. So it's not that I ever find ghost stories. It's just that I try to help them find 
information to either confirm or deny what they think is going on in that building. Um, so no, I don't have any firsthand like ghost stories. So you've never had like, like started looking into a building that somebody asked you to and just find like repeat, but I guess that that wouldn't be really, that's not going to make it in the news or anything. So how would you ever find if somebody repeatedly has reported that this house, Mm -hmm. you know, is potentially haunted? Yeah. I mean, I could, I could try to find something like that, but I don't know of it. But I don't Um, know would there even be anything. Yeah, it's and it's sort of strange because, um, I mean, full disclosure here, you know, hold this against me if you want to. Uh, I never really had an interest in paranormal stuff. That's just not something that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm big into. Um, but I was very surprised that it's it's kind of a common part of my job. <laughs> I did, did not know that going into it. I thought, oh, you know, people are going to want to know about family history and they're going to want to know about different businesses and you know and they do that's that's a part of it but there are a number of people who are very interested in the paranormal there are some local paranormal investigator groups and you know they they ask those questions and i'm like okay you know that's interesting yeah i mean that's i don't get involved with the investigation part of it but i try to i give them the building background and that sort of thing so i one last thing on that i mean we don't want to go off on a, too, on a tangent too much here but a thing that people should know if they're interested in that sort of thing. If you wonder, and and you and I had this conversation the other day. If anybody ever wonders if somebody died in their house, probably somebody died, died in, in your, your house. house. <laughs> because, because yeah, if your house, well, I mean, if it's a newer house, no. But if your house is 100 years old, somebody probably died in your house. Because you didn't go to a nursing home. You died at home. Or if you were lucky, you died at the hospital. If your parents were dying you would bring them to your house and they'd die at your house so it's more rare that somebody didn't die in your house <laughs> than it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> so a, so yeah. yeah i mean did, did somebody die violently in your house probably no, not but, but somebody did it but somebody some... probably did die all right well i think that one or that'll wrap this episode up which i think was a good one I'm glad we did this. Yeah. So I never, ever imagined that you would come with this story. So. Well, neither did I. <laughs> so. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. We will be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, if you haven't, which I hope you have, please check out Milwaukee Mafia. And just as a selfish plug again, me and my wife have just released a new podcast called uh, Stigmas and Open Wounds. It deals with depression and other mental issues. So if you want to check that out, it's available on all your favorite podcast players right now. All right. And the only thing I would add to that is uh, definitely share. share. If you do like this, share it with your friends, your family. Um, Milwaukee Mafia has been very successful, which we're grateful for. I think this one's been a little bit slower on the takeoff. So it has, but it actually is doing very well. I think is it? it's doing okay. very well for it is very niche down. I know, but so, that's why I'm saying word of mouth is very important for this type of thing. Yeah. But I mean, definitely there are a lot of people out there that I think would find this really interesting that just simply don't listen to podcasts. So yeah, well, especially this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.